This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, for decades now, the world of business has been a dog-eat-dog world. The pandemic through the last 20 months has changed mindsets to a degree. Many of us are more concerned about each other as well as the planet. Our next guest says that there is a path to be successful and more cooperative at the same time on a variety of fronts. Simon Mannering is the CEO and founder of We First. He's also author of the new book, Lead With Me, The Business Revolution That Will Save Our Future. Simon, thanks for joining us. Great to have you with us and hope you're doing well. Thanks so much for having me, and I am. Yes, thanks. Thank you. So give us your perspective on, on the last 20 months and, and how you see this having an impact longer term. Well, I think prior to the last 20 months, everyone was waking up to the reality that businesses we're currently doing it isn't working for enough people. We saw the environment breaking down. We saw you know the social systems breaking down. But what happened with the coronavirus is it threw a spotlight on that. And those who were you know, on the wrong side of the prosperity equation, things got even worse for them. And there's a growing realization amongst heads of state, business leaders, politicians, and just all of us, regular people in the street, that we need to do things differently for our future. And, you know, the first step in making that change is just the willingness to change. So I think it's been actually a very positive step forward. We did see uh, quite a few companies uh, making commitments in and around ESG, and I'm wondering if that is, you know, part of the lead into this. Is it the first step in the process? It is in as much as ESG stands for Environmental, Social and Governance Metrics. It's one of the ways that companies, especially large publicly traded companies, can hold themselves accountable for doing less bad and more good. But to your point, the reason it's so important, it shows the investor class has woken up. Institutional investors like big pension funds and regular investors like, you know, Robin Hood, everyone is now saying, I want to invest in companies that better serve our future. And as we know, unless, you know, the money capital is involved, it's naive to think things are going to change. So the fact they're at the table is a huge step forward. Well, you also have talked in the past about the role that government could or will not play in some cases. And I guess going off of the COP26 summit going on in Glasgow, the fact that the leaders of China, President Xi, and and Russia, President Putin, uh, the fact that they are not there uh, does kind of highlight that in some cases government can't be counted on. You know, it's very complicated for every government, and it's hard to speak on behalf of another nation, of course. But you're right. Unless everybody's at the table, how are we going to get there fast enough? Because these timelines that we're working against are contracting towards us. You know, the climate, loss of biodiversity, plastics in the ocean, you know, the disparity of wealth around the world. And so what do we need to do? We need to do what we can in as much as we are voters, that we are consumers, that we are employees. We all need to show up in new ways. At the same time, as you say, you know, government suffers a lot of challenges. There's gridlock, there's partisanship, there's gerrymandering, there's lobbying, there's even corruption. And so we've got to, each of us, leverage every tool we can in our toolbox to make sure that we're voting for those who really are enabling a better future. And so we're either all in this or we're all going to suffer. And I think we're slowly waking up that we need to, as I say, lead with we. We need to collaborate in new ways so that we can meet these challenges in time. So when you think about about how companies perceive 
where we are right now, thinking about you know, what level of investment they want to put in about the environment. What are some of the things that they need to consider in the first place beyond the fact that there is now a financial component involved here? Well, firstly, the good news is, is that it's easy to throw up our hands and say we're in trouble through the lens of business or just a regular person. But every one of these marketplace challenges is also a marketplace opportunity. You know, just look at the beauty industry. Look at how it's clean beauty. Just look at the food industry, clean food. Look at sustainable apparel. Look at how the auto industry is transformed. So to your question, we've got to fix our supply chains. So we're not just doing less bad, we're doing more good. We've got to consider how we're treating our people. Do we have true diversity and inclusion? We've got to look at what products we make and how we're taking them to market. Why? Because especially amongst younger demographics, people want to buy from, invest in, and work for companies doing good. And if you want your business, large or small, to really benefit and be on the right side of these market forces, they're going to throw certain companies forward. It's going to be those companies that are part of the solution rather than part of the problem. So the great news here is that we are incentivized by the marketplace to show up and solve for these issues and will be rewarded for doing so. You know, part of the time when we hear about changes involving companies, uh, it ends up being an activist investor that, uh, that that is playing a role in this. And I'm wondering if you're even starting to see the activist investors saying, you know what, we need to do more in this area. Yes, you're seeing more and more activist investors force that change, condense the timeline. But not just the activist investor. Think about it. Think about employees that you know, Amazon and Google and Facebook, you know, who have internally protested certain issues. Think about the employees at McKinsey, one of the largest consulting firms in the world, just in the last few weeks, pushed back about what clients they're supporting because of the impact of those clients on the climate crisis. Everyone from your conscious consumer to your mindful employee through to, you know, your very, very strategic investor is now saying, wait a second, how can I in good conscience support a company or a product or invest in, you know, a stock that is really going to do more harm than good, that's going to cost things that are more valuable than money. And this broader awakening presents a huge opportunity for you as a startup or a large company to think about business differently, to show up differently, to go to market differently, and then find you'll be pushed forward. Because, Dan, what I see coming is this hockey stick of expectation on business where as things get more serious in our lives, extreme weather and so on, there's going to be more and more scrutiny, especially amongst younger demographics who are saying, hey, do we want to vote with our dollars for this company? Do we want to work for this company? And that will really shake out very, very clearly in the next few years. So we are obviously a capitalistic society. Uh, What role does capitalism play in this process? This is about a fundamental reimagining and re-engineering of capitalism. Sometimes we think it's this you know, constant, it's this idea in our head, and we often defend it very passionately. But in fact, capitalism changes over the decades, and we're at a moment in time where the world we live in has reached a point where we need to reimagine it. And I think of it in terms of leading with we, which is we need to lead together in new ways through the lens of collaborative leadership. We need to each of us in our own lives make the choice to lead. 
We need to work with as many other collaborators out there as we can, not just our own employees or suppliers or customers, but even competitors in our industry and across sector. And we need to benefit the largest number of people, the we and the planet. Why? Because it's in all of our benefits. So this is about doubling down on capitalism, but making sure it serves more people. And here's why. You know, right now, the whole, you know, the, the natural systems in natural world and our social systems are breaking down, you know, and the parts can't thrive if the whole isn't well. And the bottom line is this. Companies can't survive in societies that fail. It doesn't matter what your political beliefs are, where you live, you know, any of those considerations. We need to lean into this idea that let's make sure that the natural world can support us as a species, our societies, our business, and also that we in turn support the natural world so that we're more sustainable moving forward. And I think after COP26, you see that this is top of mind for more and more business leaders and, and global leaders around the world. Right. And the idea is to put a process in place that will serve us over the next 50 to 100 years, not just the next uh, couple of years. Absolutely. I mean, there's several clear things that we hear people talking about. You know, you can reduce your carbon footprint from your supply chain. And we can do that in our own lives as individuals. You know, choose a certain type of car that's a hybrid or alternative vehicle or shift towards somewhat of a plant-based diet. We need to really treat our people more fairly and see them as the whole human being. We saw that during COVID where, you know, companies were treating their employees much more fairly. You know, fair and living wage has finally come to the table and so on. We need to take products to market that don't just do less bad but do more good. They can actually be net positive, which means they can actually pull carbon out of the air or they can actually right. do more good then they're actually doing harm in terms of the ingredients, how they were sourced, how they're taken to market. And we also need to think about how we can work together in new ways. For example, how do we, as an industry in the fashion world, you know, do packaging in a new way so we use less plastic? To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.